Hello, Greater Phoenix area. This is not Seth Liebson. This is actually John Gabriel filling in for Seth. Thanks to Seth for the great opportunity here on 960 The Patriot. I run a site. I'm editor-in-chief there called ricochet.com. Got a lot of content and uh, podcasts there. And also I write every other week for the Arizona Republic. Um, I'm kind of their token housebroken conservative over there. So I write something, and they post it, and then I get 100 comments of um, flaming, basically. So uh, that's what happened with my most recent article. We'll be talking about that soon. The big item in the news is uh, what happened in Colorado. Gunman goes into a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, kills 10 people, one of them a police officer. And Twitter being Twitter, we know what happened. All these blue check journalists jump on there. And blame who else? White people. It's obviously white supremacy because we know that's the only issue that matters now. And it was just endless. All sorts of people very upset about it. Entertainers, journalists, and the like. C.J. Worlman, uh, a lefty on Twitter, said the suspected gunman in Boulder is a white guy. Cue mental issues, bad day, parking dispute, or anything else than what he actually is, a white domestic terrorist. Dylan Park says a white man walked into, walked into a grocery store in Boulder, killed 10 people, and he left unharmed, basically implying um, if, if he was uh, of color, he would have been shot dead. George Hahn, these are all like blue check people. These aren't just randos. When a white guy with an AR-15 shoots and kills a bunch of people, is the motive reality relevant or relevant, I should say? Um, they're saying no because it's white. It's a white guy, so it doesn't matter. This narrative got a little disrupted this morning. Um, I think it's interesting that the Boulder cops waited 24 hours to publish the perp's name, the gunman's name. Um, it's not like Bob Jones or Bill Smith or something like that. It's Ahmad Al-Aliwi Alyssa. And, uh, yeah, he shot up the place. Uh, he hates Trump. There are many Facebook posts that he put on there showing how much that he despises Donald Trump. And all of a sudden, the hot takes got reversed. Um, no longer was this important anymore. You had Amy Siskind, who is a very uh, <laughs> dedicated progressive, let's say, to put it mildly. But uh, what she said on Sunday was the shooter was taken into custody. In other words, it was almost certainly a white man. If you were black or brown, he'd be dead. Than today, let's mourn the victims, but not glorify the killer with the attention of having his name widely known. Um, these people are so transparent, and we see this every time there's a crime. They are rooting for it to be a white male, hopefully middle-aged, hopefully a Republican or conservative with a long track record of uh, right-leaning political positions. But when it doesn't materialize, they kind of don't know what to do with it. Uh, about five years ago, I put something on Rickshaw. You can see it there today or on Twitter. I'm at EXJON is my handle on Twitter where I uh, people yell at me mostly and I tell jokes about them. But um, I created a media narrative chart to help people out. Anytime there's a violent crime, the media has their preferred narrative. If you have a non-white shooter shooting white people, well, they'll go to gun control. That's what matters. If you have a white shooter shooting any non-white people, oh, it's racism. That's what it is. They always immediately go to 
whatever helps them politically. And if you have a minority shooting a minority, they don't even report it on the national news. They don't care. They don't want to talk about that. They'll run a story about their Kardashians instead or something like that. Um, if a cop kills somebody, uh, it's police brutality. If someone kills a cop, oh, it's just the reaction to police brutality. They were uh, radicalized by mean police. And again and again, you have uh, these things happen. What we have here is we have a person who is originally from the Middle East, um, of a Muslim by faith. And uh, yeah, these are just a tiny percentage of Muslims in America are having problems. This person apparently has mental problems or frankly, he wouldn't have done this. But now that it was revealed to be a Muslim individual, you know, it'll be – Oh, he's just reacting to all the oppression he gets uh, due to Islamophobia. And that's actually what the Denver Post published today. He said, well, he was really bullied in high school and he withdrew into himself because people made fun of his name and his ethnicity. Um, of course, if you had a typical white dude uh, shooting up a mosque, oh, well, that's Islamophobia. You, nothing else would matter about him being triggered or something. And how the media thinks that the American people don't know what they're playing is ridiculous. We all know what they're playing. All they care about when there's a horrible crime is not rushing out to help the victims. It's not giving blood. It's not, boy, I hope they catch whoever did this. Um, the vast majority of Americans who aren't employed by the media hear of an awful mass shooting and say, I hope they get the person. I hope the victims are okay. They don't say, I wonder what color the victims are. I wonder what religion the shooter is. We don't care. It was an act of evil. And our Americans, our fellow Americans are suffering, whether they're in Colorado or a, a grocery store down the street. Um, so the media exists now to just divide people. That's all they want to do divide people as they see it into good people and bad people. And anyone who disagrees with them politically is automatically a bad person. And they will process any story in the news to reflect that worldview, that very blinkered worldview, by the way. Um, you know, if it was a white – I'm a white Christian. If it was a white Christian who did the shooting, I wouldn't say, hey, well, he was oppressed and uh, people are being mean. They're suing that uh, cake baker for not – uh, baking a LGBT wedding cake in Colorado, and that radicalized him, obviously. No, I would say it was an evil action, and the person should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. And I say the same about Mr. Alyssa here. He has committed a crime against his fellow Americans. Um, the fact that he is Muslim, the fact that he originally comes, I believe, and I'm not positive that he's an immigrant, but uh, that he hails from the Middle East, at least his parents do, his family does, that doesn't matter to me and it doesn't matter to the vast majority of Americans. Um, all this identity politics is designed to rip Americans apart and help us not trust our neighbors. I don't know about you, but anytime I uh, head out to Home Depot, go to pick up my weekly grocery, something like that, I see people of all races, all ages, income brackets, everybody. And you know what? Everyone's pretty nice to each other. They aren't <laughs> at each other's throats. They aren't uh, looking down at people who look different from them. Um, instead, we all get along pretty well, especially out here in the Sun Belt. You know, we, we're all transplants when it comes right down to it. You have a small percentage of people who are Arizona natives. I'm a not-quite-native, moved here when I was six, up to the very northern edge of Phoenix. 
which is about Cactus and 32nd Street. Now it's, I don't know, probably the geographic center now that it goes all the way up to Anthem. But we get along pretty well, and we're all different. And we actually like that we're all different. It's kind of nice. It's more interesting that way. Um, but the media, again, just wants to blame one group and pit one group against another group. So um, probably what you're going to see happen by tomorrow is the story just disappearing. If they can't make any mileage out of, well, this is obviously the need for gun control, then they'll just drop it entirely because it does not fit into their narrative that they want to push because that's what it's about now. That's the name of the game in the media is to push storylines that help the progressive cause. We definitely saw that a lot during the Trump years. But uh, just so you know, that will continue. And it's sad because Americans need a nonpartisan source of just facts and information. Uh, you have a lot of local media that steps up in times like this. So if you're living in the Boulder area or if something bad happens in Phoenix, you'll just get the facts. OK, this intersection's closed down. All right. Uh, there are two apparent perps right now and the police are trying to get them. That's what we want. We want, we want actual facts. We don't need to be told the deeper meaning behind the evil act. Tell us about the evil act and uh, let's make sure that guy is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So uh, good job, media. Um, this is why almost nobody trusts the mainstream media. And um, I got my degree in journalism after the Navy. Started going for an engineering degree because that's basically what I did in the Navy. And uh, I really got the writing bug and I went, you know what, I'm going to go into journalism and it was bad back then, and it seems like every year it gets worse. I actually diverted into the private sector for a couple decades before I got back to writing. So um, it's very frustrating. Um, you can hear things that counter the narrative on 960 The Patriot from the wonderful hosts you, you normally hear here. Unfortunately, today you're stuck with the guest host, John Gabriel. But we've got some great guests coming up in the next half hour. Inez Stepman, talking about what's going on with Kirsty Nome and uh, transgenders in sports. And at the end of the show, we have Kurt Schlichter, the colonel. So stick with us. I'll catch you after the ad break. Talk to you in a minute. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth. And uh, it's good for him to have me on, editor-in-chief at Ricochet, and also write for the Arizona Republic. You can find those articles at AZ Central. Um, yeah, uh, people are a little upset at my latest. This is not a surprise to me because uh, I think the commoners there aren't big fans of conservatism <laughs> in general, um, which is amusing to me. I, I guess if you're sh if you're sharing your opinion with people, it's just part of the deal. You're going to have people who are just not going to like you, and instead of saying. I disagree with you. They say you're the worst person in the world and I think you need to die. So, hey, that's internet culture. That's what happens. Um, but they don't really realize the more people who comment on my article, even if it's negative, my editors read it and go, oh, wow, a lot of people are reacting to this. People must really be reading it. Um, my last article uh, was published in Monday's paper. was a little um, – a little out of date. A lot of times I need to submit these almost a week ahead of time. Um, but it was about uh, what we had like a week and a half ago was uh, Tucker Carlson was complaining about the Pentagon's focus being on uh, flight suits good for as maternity outfits essentially and saying, uh, shouldn't we be focused on winning wars? Shouldn't that be the main, the big headline of the day? And what you had is the military just 
altogether, all the top brass, uh, the top enlisted leadership, basically all the guys who sit around the Pentagon, um, just blasting him, one after another after another, blasting him on Twitter, insulting anyone who didn't serve. How dare you criticize us? Um, can you imagine if this happened during the Trump administration? Washington Post complains about Trump handling Syria incorrectly or something, and all the military gets together and blasts the journalists who dared to criticize the president and the military and how they're handling things. Um, once again, it's just appalling, and it's sad to see the military turn woke, and I think it really needs to be pushed back on. You also had a situation where uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, apparently she implied that she didn't know Guam was a state, that it was a foreign country, which is dumb. It's obviously uh, territory. Uh, she didn't know it was part of the United States, um, but it's a U.S. territory. It has been for a very, very long time. Um, so what happened is the representative who uh, covers the delegate, they call him, who represents Guam, marched the Guam National Guard, who are all just milling about on Capitol Hill because of non-existent threats. And uh, he marched all these troops down, looked like about 30 troops, and had them pay her a visit. Um, it's one of these things. I don't really want to see a whole bunch of military men and women marching to Congress people's offices um, to show them up or to do a sick video burn on Twitter or other lefty uh, blogs and so forth. It's really disturbing. I, My storied career in the military, I was in one entire tour of duty. Uh, I was on a submarine uh, right out of high school, joined the Navy. Um, and I, I think about 10 days into my first submarine trip, I grew up in Arizona, so I'm thinking, I kind of miss the sun. That was nice to see every once in a while. So I did not re-enlist after that. So it's not like I'm some kind of hardcore veteran expert. But there's a big difference between the people who work in Pentagon offices for most of their careers and people on the front lines, people who need to lead young men and women on the battlefield or are just on the front lines of actually doing real stuff, uh, killing people and breaking things, as uh, the great one, rest in peace, Rush used to say. But now you just have this woke military who wants to criticize anyone who dares to criticize them. I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm a vet. You're allowed to criticize the military. If you want to hear somebody criticize the military, talk to a veteran. Uh, <laughs> sitting around the sub, that's about all people did is whine about how inefficient the Navy was and this food stinks and I don't like this guy and how'd that guy get the promotion. It's pretty much all they do. Um, so – and many, many jokes told at the top brass's expense to say the least, let alone people in the Pentagon. Um, but it's just very troubling for the military to be weaponized in this partisan way. They're not supposed to be involved in politics. I wouldn't imagine giving my opinion, not that anyone was asking for it when I was uh, you know, wet behind the ears kid on a submarine. But I wouldn't even think of doing such a thing and to see generals coming out and blasting journalists for disagreeing with them, for criticizing them. Um, is disturbing. And the main point that Tucker made was obvious. We need to focus on how, do, how the heck do we stand up to China? How do we uh, fight off attacks like cyber attacks, especially from Russia? How do we deal with these rogue states? Uh, how do we deal with Iran, North Korea? That's what I want my military focusing on, not what did this uh, opinion guy on Fox News say about us? We need to do you know, three-day-long news cycle of attacking him for disagreeing with us. Um, th the goal of the military is a much more sober and serious one than keeping up with woke politics of the day. 
Um, you know, you, you, you don't even need to get into the females in combat debate that's been happening, gosh, my entire life essentially. It's not about that. It's about the goal. And you need to make sure that your soldiers, your sailors, your airmen, your Marines are all up to snuff physically and ready to deploy and are out there ready to kick butt when the enemy threatens. So military, let's focus on that and not on media commentary. Um, they On their own website, Department of Defense website, uh, they said Pentagon spokesman smites Tucker Carlson. Um, it reads like a BuzzFeed headline. This is dorky. You know, you, you guys are not uh, trying to do a sick burn. Uh, you're some Hollywood actor trying to get some progressive cred by slamming the NRA or something. You are supposed to be very serious people doing the gravest business that this country can possibly embark upon. Please focus on that and shut up about politics. We don't need to hear your opinion on politics, woke or non-woke. I don't want to hear, you know, conservative politics coming from them. They need to represent all Americans. And there's a reason that the military has been, as Americans lose faith in almost every institution, there's an annual poll done by Gallup, and they uh, check out, I think it's 17 institutions, and ask Americans what they think about it. Three are in the positive territory. Everybody else, Americans have a negative opinion about. Military has been on top for decades now, probably 30 years. Not anymore. Um, the last one that they did... They found out that small business jumped ahead of the military, and the military is still high. But if they start taking sides in these culture war issues, it's going to drop. That support's going to drop, and uh, people just don't want to see that. And then they'll start looking at Pentagon budgets and wondering why. Why is this fighter so over budget? Um, you, you know, Pentagon has a nearly trillion dollar budget, which is frankly well earned. But you know. I'm a, I'm a cost cutter. I think every department should be cut somewhat. But people are going to be wondering about uh, why they're getting so much money if they're just going to use a big chunk of that for woke politics. Come on. We rely on you in the military. And this is not obviously an anti-military rant since I'm ex-military. But um, they really need to avoid the grubby world of politics and partisanship. That's what people can do. Uh, Tucker Carlson can, can fight with Brian Stelter on CNN. Let them fight it out. Military, keep your eyes on the prize. Uh, check out what's going on with the expansion that China's doing and uh, focus on that. It's much more important. In the next half hour, we have Inez Stepman coming in. She has uh, been following Christy Nome, who has upset a whole bunch of conservative activists in South Dakota she was kind of like the golden girl for a long time, maybe 2024 candidate. People are upset with her, and I want to talk to Inez, find out why. We'll be back after the news break. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth, editor-in-chief at ricochet.com, and also contributor to AZ Central. Very happy to have on Inez Stepman. She's a senior contributor to The Federalist, senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum, also editor of the women's newsletter, Bright, every Thursday she edits. Welcome to the show, Inez. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, so why don't you explain to us, we've heard a lot about Christy Nome in the past, especially the past year during COVID. Uh, she seems, what I like about her is she seems to be an instinctual conservative. And by that, I mean someone who, someone proposes government needs to do X, and she would think, why does government need to do anything before just enacting a bunch of legislation and let's just do something? Well, she essentially promised to sign this bill 
which would ensure in South Dakota students in elementary, high school, college, everything, if you're on a women's team, this is controversial, I know, but if you're on a woman's team, you need to be a woman. And if you're on a man's team, you need to be a man. Uh, This is hardly controversial among the American people in general, let alone the more conservative cohort in South Dakota. So what happened when her state house passed that bill? Well, she's she's decided to veto it and send it back with suggestions, essentially. Um, and and part of the problem here, uh, and, and the reason I really object to the way that she has handled this, is that um, she, I almost feel gaslit uh, by her, I think, um, on this issue. Because the reality is, and if you talk to people on the ground in, in South Dakota who have been working on this bill for a long time, as well as national groups, the reality is that there are enormous corporate forces arrayed against this bill now, um, and and there there weren't as many when there was not less of a spotlight on it when it was actually passed by the legislature. Um, and and indeed, Christine Ohm said this bill that she would enthusiastically sign this bill as as uh, recently as, as a couple weeks before she vetoed it. So what happened in those couple weeks? Um, to make her veto it, I think, is is a matter of concern for conservatives, even if um, some of the edits she proposed are, are reasonable ones. Some of them, I believe, gut the bill, and I'm happy to, to go through some of the edits that she proposed to it. Um, but I, overall, I, I think there's too much evidence that she is doing this essentially to placate the NCAA and to placate Amazon, which was going to put a plant in two Falls. And, and to me, this raises the question, you know, how much do we want to allow private companies um, to essentially decide the social policy for a state, especially on an issue where, as you mentioned, um, not only do you have conservative support in polls, but you have the majority of support of independents and even about half of the support of Democrats. So this is a broadly popular position, this common sense position about women's sports. Yeah, and as a dad to two daughters, uh, one is junior in high school, the other is first year of college, uh, my eldest has been on cross-country teams, track, track and field, and it was very bizarre and offensive, but uh, the boys ran with boys and the girls ran with girls, and that's the way it's always been. <laughs> and any parent who has a boy or girl or both um, who participates in athletics, it makes sense to everybody because we know boys and girls are different. That doesn't mean one is less than. And it, it just seems like introducing uh, trans people into women's sports is a great way to utterly destroy women's sports. Right. And, it, and it's not theoretical, right? So in, in some states that do have some version of, of um, what is being proposed at the national level, the Equality Act, and we've already seen this happen. So in Connecticut, uh, we saw two transgender athletes take the spots, number one and number two, in 19 meets. Um, and now there's there's a lawsuit pending under Title IX that, that is yet to be resolved by some of those those girls who were bumped out of um, competitive slots and bumped out of, of um, you know, uh, potential scholarships for universities by the fact that uh, these two transgender athletes, these biologically male athletes, were running in the girls' track team. That's in Connecticut. You know, in, in Alaska, um, we've seen, not related to sports, but we've seen um, – domestic violence shelters for women, uh, a shelter there turned away a biological man um, and uh, was ended up, you know, sued in court over over that decision to not permit a, uh, a man entrance to uh, a shelter that's supposed to be a haven for women who've experienced domestic violence. Um, so, 
you know, these are not theoretical situations. These are, are very real threats, and particularly with the Equality Act making its way, um, getting passed by the House and then now being kicked over to the Senate, um, these bills are becoming more popular in states, especially red states, as a way of staking out a position to the state. No, for our state, we will have girls' sports and boys' sports, and um, you know, students will be able to eligible to participate in sports based on their actual biological sex and not based on gender identity. Right. Can can you stick with me through the ad break really quick? Yeah. Great. Yeah. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in. And I'm talking with Inez Stepman. Uh, we're talking about Christy Nome, who has made quite a splash among Republicans nationwide. People have been discussing her as either a Veep or a main pick for 2024. And uh, she's really let down a lot of social conservatives this week by vetoing a bill which would ban transgender individuals from sports in elementary school, high school, and college. And uh, one of the things that uh, Governor Nome wants to strike out is college from that, which seems terribly odd. That's um, a big concern to, I, I knew my uh, daughter, a lot of her teammates wanted to be on college teams, and that was a big thing. Can I get a scholarship? You know, hopefully I can win state, and that will help me in a scholarship to get to a state school or some other state. Uh, those are really on the line, and a lot of parents have to be very nervous about it for their athletic kids, boys and girls. So what about that college piece? Do you really think it is a sop to the NCAA, which wants to be woke? Absolutely. And Governor Nome admitted as much, basically, on Tucker last night. Um, but And, and it, it makes no sense in any other way, right? Because if, if anything, the physical differences between men and women are greater than they are, they are when they're boys and girls, right? If you're running at 11, 12 or competing in a sport, boys and girls tend to be a little more similar in ability uh, but once puberty hits and, and uh, you know, all, all these physical changes take place, I mean, it's it's even more relevant in college than it would be, say, in elementary school. So her explanation doesn't make any sense unless you believe that the NCAA is at, at um, putting pressure on her in this way. And, and, and she pretty much admitted that, as I said. But that brings up, it's not just social conservatives who are disappointing her. First of all, as, I, as you mentioned, this is a... Um, this is a broad spectrum issue. Um, there, this issue has support, um, this common sense issue, I would say, has support from all pieces of the political spectrum. It's just that a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. Um, but the, the second thing is, I, I just, I, I do think this speaks to her future in the Republican Party because um, one of the things I think that was so important about the changes that President Trump made to the party or, or represents within the party. Um, even though I may disagree with some of his policies or may disagree with some of his tweets or, or whatever, um, was that that uh, willingness to really push back culturally in, in a uh, fearless way and not um, to continually be defensive and on your heels. And in particular, like it concerns me that, um, you know, Governor Nome is allowing her state to be pushed around by what is essentially a, a woke sports league. Uh, this, this is not going to, this kind of dynamic is not going to end with women's sports and protecting women's sports, as important as that issue is. Um, we are going to have corporations like Amazon. We're going to have organizations like the NCAA increasingly, as, as you know, wokeism spreads into all of our institutions, we're going to encounter that kind of corporate pressure to the extent that we step out of line on any cultural issue um, with the woke left. And so to me, 
what I'm looking for for a future potential standard bearer for the right, the ability to push back against that to me is paramount. It's, it's, it's a deal breaker for me um, because I, I just think it's, it's going to be so critical, not just to this battle, but to so many battles to come. Yeah, and that's something we saw several years ago when he was still governor, Mike Pence did. He had uh, pushed in Indiana, state that he ran, uh, RIFRA, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and then he got pushed back from corporations, and he basically emasculated the act. You know, he kind of backed down, and you need people, especially when you have an issue like this, which, you know, politicians are always looking for the 80-20 issues. This is a 95-5 issue. It's just the people, the five, have all the microphones, basically. But uh, people aren't going to blanch at that, and um, the vast majority of Democrats are going to be like, yeah, Kirstie Noem's right. And to see her fold um, on such a wildly popular issue is really disturbing just because corporate interests and, like the NCAA, want to raise, want to raise a fuss. Can, you can imagine if several red states did this, what is the NCAA going to do, kick all of them out? That, that just will not happen. Yeah, absolutely right. And and so um, Governor Noem is saying she wants to build a coalition, I think, indicating that she'd like to talk with other states to kind of do this together. Mm-hmm. But that's not how this works, right? Um, you know, the, her legislature passed a bill. She, uh, you know, either signs it or vetoes it. Like, this is a political process. And, and if she bows to this kind of pressure from the NCAA, who's to say the next governor isn't going to bow to that pressure? That's not how this works. First, we have to have leaders who are actually going to stand up and say, you know what, you are, you know, you're an organization, you're a sports organization. It is none of your business what the cultural um, policy and law of the state of South Dakota is. That is the business of the people of South Dakota, the voters of South Dakota. Um, This is not, you know, stay in your lane and get out of our our politics. Um, And if you're unwilling to do that, yeah, we'll, we'll stand up against you and we'll encourage other states to do the same. And that's the kind of leadership that we desperately need at this point, because, like I said, it's not going to end with this issue. If you allow yourself to be pushed around by Amazon, by all these these companies, because they're involved in this as well, as I I mentioned in the beginning, um, you know, the the list of of, uh, sort of corporate wokeness issues is as long as my arm. Almost all of these corporations donated to Black Lives Matter. Most of them uh, signed an HRC statement in favor of the Equality Act on the federal level. Like, you'd be surprised. Every single American airline has uh, signed a statement in favor of the Equality Act. What that has to do with Delta or Southwest, I'll never know. Um, but that is the corporate environment that we're in now. We unfortunately have to deal with this this problem, and it's difficult for conservatives, right, because we don't, you know— instinctively we don't want to you know use the power of government or whatever but but these these come and that may not be the best way to deal with it but we have to confront it somehow we can't simply allow our cultural policy um, and legal policy to be dictated by you know a handful of companies because all of their executives went through brown and and you know sort of sucked up all of this this woke ideology like that's not how our system works um, so to me, again, this is a paramount, this is not going to stop with women's sports. It's not going to stop with any of these issues. Um, this is going to be the culture war from here on out. We're going to have to get used to being on the opposite side of the culture war of virtually every major American corporation. Yeah. It, it's just very important that, um, politicians, if they want support from any conservatives, they need to get a backbone. That is what made Trump so popular among the base is just his willingness, his eagerness to just push back against these narratives that um, are not outside of the mainstream, to say to say the least. Um, the majority of Americans supported him 
on these different things, and they would support Christy Nome if she takes a step and stands her ground. Um, it's really shocking to see, too, because, you know, most of my adult life, I've heard feminists uh, praise Title IX, which uh, really helped out collegiate sports, uh, women in collegiate sports. All that's going to go away, folks. And feminists are being quiet as church mice on this. And it's really going to hurt the people they purport to represent. Yeah, I mean, women's sports doesn't really have that much of a future, um, not only because of the Equality Act, if, if these kinds of policies continue, right? So there's the state-level uh, policies, there's the National Equality Act that's being proposed that is kind of the, the strictest of all of these policies um, and, and would uh, admit boys to the girls' team and vice versa, that, of course, people care more in the sports context about one direction, um, on mere self-identification, right? So there, there, was, there would be no requirement from the Equality Act for boys to take hormones or, or to like go through surgery or anything like that. And, or nor would there be any, any, um, you know, need to identify, quote unquote, for a long period of time. You can literally just declare yourself a girl and earn a, a, a spot on, on the girls' team under the Equality Act. Exactly. Um, but that's well, not even the only, only. Uh, there's a lot of other legislation doing the same thing. So um, bills like. South Dakotas are absolutely necessary to push back, and I'm disappointed that Governor Rome doesn't see that. Yep, uh, absolutely. And now, Stepan, thanks so much for being on. Everybody follow our work. I can turn the world on with my smile. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson. Uh, shout out to Mary Richards there uh, for us fellow old-timers. Uh, I was going to say boomers. I'm late Gen X, um, that which makes me very cool, apparently, from what I've read. Um, but thanks for being with us. Uh, great to hear about Christy Nome. And yeah, she's kind of making her debut on the national stage over the past year. She's handled COVID wonderfully and really pushed back against the media narratives. Uh, she needs to keep pushing back on media narratives. Uh, people want a fighter. And we don't want fighters who just uh, swing fists like they're drunk in a bar fight. Uh, we want them to find a target, identify it, and hit back on this uh, crazy cultural moment we're all experiencing now. Um, if she signs this bill, it would help students. It's what the residents of that state prefer. It's what they want. And for Amazon to come in from the outside and say, "Oh, we're going to uh, blackmail you," essentially, you can't uh, follow. You can't have consent to the governed in uh, South Dakota, or we're going to punish you. All right, fine, Amazon. Don't open a big distribution center in South Dakota and add three days to your delivery to that area, to that region. People are going to stop using Amazon. They're going to build the place anyway. It's just ridiculous. And you can't let these corporations push people around. Um, this isn't a situation in South Dakota. Uh, they're doing very well economically. And it's not because you have these big woke companies placing their headquarters there. It's mostly small businesses. It's a limited government environment that people have. It's energy. That's what gives them money. And uh, those people don't need to be handheld on these woke issues the thing about when you cave to these cancel culture things as well and woke politics, it changes every week. Uh, whatever you're supposed to focus on, you're just racing to uh, follow the herd, basically, whatever the media tells you to do. A consistent conservative approach doesn't do that. We know what we believe. We know what works. And uh, you look at it logically and you make the best decision for the most people and you let the people sort it out on their own. We're Americans. That's what we do. Uh, we don't need to be uh, told what to do. We don't need to be told that uh, someone who's a biological male is actually a female. And how dare you even ask the question whether or not they should be allowed on this team. If uh, the woke brigade really wants this, 
you better open up the WNBA to males. Just do it. Um, why not just have co-ed basketball teams? Anybody who competes can join. Um, that would show that they're actually serious about this. They don't want to do that for some reason, which is very, very curious and, frankly, deeply transphobic and sexist. Open the WNBA to all players, um, if you actually believe this stuff, folks. Don't just punish college kids who have no power and no money to fight the woke mob. Uh, something to think about WNBA and NBA while you're uh, parading around in your high horse. Um, it's not a winning solution for Americans, and we just have to say no to Amazon when they interfere like this. We're going to be coming back in the next hour, and I'd like you to give me a call, 602-508-0960. Be taking calls and uh, chatting more about the news of the day. See you after the news break.